This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Why is it that Western Mission has often inflicted more harm than good on the global church? Is there a better way forward? Keep listening to learn more about Mekdis Hadis' new book, A Just Mission, Laying Down Power and Embracing Mutuality. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning at verse 20, through 2 Kings chapter 22, through verse 2. 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning at verse 20. The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and all his accomplishments, including how he built a pool and conduit, to bring water into the city are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Judah. Hezekiah passed away and his son Manasseh replaced him as king. 2 Kings chapter 21 Manasseh's reign over Judah Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Hephzibah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and committed the same horrible sins practiced by the nations whom the Lord drove out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He set up altars for Baal and made an Asherah pole just as King Ahab of Israel had done. He bowed down to all the stars in the sky and worshipped them. He built altars in the Lord's temple about which the Lord had said, Jerusalem will be my home. In the two courtyards of the Lord's temple, he built altars for all the stars in the sky. He passed his son through the fire and practiced divination and omen reading. He set up a ritual pit to conjure up underworld spirits and appointed magicians to supervise it. He did a great amount of evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. He put an idol of Asherah he had made in the temple, about which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, This temple in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will be my permanent home. I will not make Israel again leave the land I gave to their ancestors, provided that they carefully obey all I commanded them. The whole law my servant Moses ordered them to obey, but they did not obey, and Manasseh misled them so that they sinned more than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed from before the Israelites. So the Lord announced through his servant, the prophets, King Manasseh of Judah has committed horrible sins. He has sinned more than the Amorites before him and has encouraged Judah to sin by worshiping his disgusting idols. So this is what 
what the Lord God of Israel has said. I am about to bring disaster on Jerusalem and Judah. The news will reverberate in the ears of those who hear about it. I will destroy Jerusalem the same way I did Samaria and the dynasty of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem clean, just as one wipes a plate on both sides. I will abandon this last remaining tribe among my people and hand them over to their enemies. They will be plundered and robbed by all their enemies because they have done evil in my sight and have angered me from the time their ancestors left Egypt right up to this very day. Furthermore, Manasseh killed so many innocent people, he stained Jerusalem with their blood from end to end, in addition to encouraging Judah to sin by doing evil in the sight of the Lord. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign and all his accomplishments, as well as the sinful acts he committed, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Judah. Manasseh passed away and was buried in his palace garden, the Garden of Uzzah, and his son Ammon replaced him as king. Ammon's reign over Judah. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned for two years in Jerusalem. His mother was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haruz from Jokbah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, just as his father Manasseh had done. He followed in the footsteps of his father and worshipped and bowed down to the disgusting idols that his father had worshipped. He abandoned the Lord, God of his ancestors, and did not follow the Lord's instructions. Ammon's servants conspired against him and killed the king in his palace. The people of the land executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son, Josiah, king in his place. The rest of Ammon's accomplishments are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Judah. He was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah, and his son Josiah replaced him as king. 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. Josiah repents. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Jedidiah, daughter of Adiah, from Bozkah. He did what the Lord approved and followed in his ancestor David's footsteps. He did not deviate to the right or the left. Second Chronicles chapter 32, beginning at verse 32, through Second Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 through 7. Second Chronicles chapter 32, beginning at verse 32. The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, including his faithful deeds, are recorded in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, included in the scroll of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah passed away and was buried on the ascent of the tombs of the descendants of David. All the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem buried him with great honor. His son Manasseh replaced him as king. Second Chronicles chapter 33, beginning at verse 1. Manasseh's reign. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and committed the same horrible sins practiced by the nations whom the Lord drove out ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He set up altars for the balls and made a share poles. He bowed down to all the stars in the sky and worshiped them. He built altars in the Lord's temple about which the Lord had said, Jerusalem will be my permanent home. In the two courtyards of the Lord's temple, he built altars for all the stars in the sky. He passed his sons through the fire in the valley of ben Hino and practiced divination, omen reading, and sorcery. He set up a ritual pit to conjure up underworld spirits and appointed magicians to supervise it. He did a great amount of evil in the sight of the Lord and angered him. He put an idolatrous image he had made in God's temple, about which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, This temple in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will be my permanent home. I will not make Israel again leave the land I gave to their ancestors, provided that they carefully obey all I commanded them, the whole law the rules and regulations given through Moses. But Manasseh misled the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem so that they sinned more than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed ahead of the Israelites. 
The Lord confronted Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria. They seized Manasseh, put hooks in his nose, bound him with bronze chains, and carried him away to Babylon. In his pain, Manasseh asked the Lord his God for mercy and truly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. When he prayed to the Lord, the Lord responded to him and answered favorably his cry for mercy. The Lord brought him back to Jerusalem to his kingdom. Then Manasseh realized that the Lord is the true God. After this, Manasseh built up the outer wall of the city of David on the west side of the Gihon in the valley of the entrance of the fish gate. And all around the terrace, he made it much higher. He placed army officers in all the fortified cities in Judah. He removed the foreign gods and images from the Lord's temple and all the altars he had built on the hill of the Lord's temple and in Jerusalem. He threw them outside the city. He erected the altar of the Lord and offered on it peace offerings and thank offerings. He told the people of Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. However, the people continued to offer sacrifices at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, including his prayer to his God and the words the prophet spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. The annals of the prophets include his prayer, give an account of how the Lord responded to it, record all his sins and unfaithful acts, and identify the sites where he built high places and erected a share of poles and idols before he humbled himself. Manasseh passed away and was buried in his palace. His son Ammon replaced him as king. Ammon's Reign Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned for two years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, just as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon offered sacrifices to all the idols his father Manasseh had made and worshipped them. He did not humble himself before the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon was guilty of great sin. His servants conspired against him and killed him in his palace. The people of the land executed all who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son Josiah king in his place. 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 through 7. Josiah institutes religious reforms. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what the Lord approved and followed in his ancestor David's footsteps. He did not deviate to the right or the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his ancestor David. In his twelfth year, he began ridding Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, Asherah poles, idols, and images. He ordered the altars of the Baals to be torn down and broke the incense altars that were above them. He smashed the Asherah poles, idols, and images, crushed them, and sprinkled the dust over the tombs of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the pagan priests on their altars. He purified Judah and Jerusalem. In the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and in the ruins around them, he tore down the altars and Asherah poles, demolished the idols, and smashed all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel. Then he returned to Jerusalem. New Testament reading, Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Then he appeared to the eleven themselves while they were eating, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him resurrected. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Jesus' appearance to the disciples. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together and locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, 
Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this reading, oh God. I'm just thinking about the importance of childlike faith, oh God, and walking in a way that honors you, that shows forth your glory, oh God. I think about the contrast, oh God, between Manasseh and Josiah, Manasseh being a young king as well at the age of 12, and Josiah, an eight-year-old king, oh God. And the contrast between the ways that they glorified you and the ways that they reigned, oh God, under the anointing that you had given them, oh God. I do thank you, oh Lord, that despite our failings, despite our sin, oh God, that if we call out to you, the God of mercy, that you do hear us and that you will be merciful to us and you will turn and you will relent from giving us the just consequences of our sins, oh Lord. Thank you for that. We saw that in Manasseh's life, oh God. But I pray, oh God, that we will be a people that would delight to walk in the light, that would delight to walk in the narrow path, that would delight to walk in truth, that would delight to pledge singular devotion to you, the thrice holy God. Would you help us, O God, to be people that are faithful to your covenant, faithful to the whole law, O God, that you had given to Moses, O God. We can only do that in submission to Jesus Christ. We can only do that by faith spirit-empowered faith, knowing that Jesus has fulfilled the law on our behalf, O God. Would you help us, O Lord God, to love our neighbors as ourselves? Would you help us, O God, to love you with our whole mind, soul, and being, O God, so that we will not be ashamed on the day of judgment, O God? And would you help us not to be slow of heart, to believe your testimony, to believe your word, O God? And would you help us, O God, to just be in tune Oh God, with the Spirit, so that we will always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Why do American Christians travel overseas to reach people in distant lands but neglect ministering to people who immigrate from those lands to their home communities? And why does Western Missions funding depend on narratives that marginalize indigenous leadership? In a just mission, Mekdes Hadis, an Ethiopian now living in the United States, provides a post-colonial critique of Western Mission, upending the white savior complex and arguing for a more globally just approach. She examines evangelical mission from the perspective of the receiver, highlighting areas of weaknesses and naming injustices. Discover what it means to pursue a just mission in our world today. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. 
Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's get in the way to the